Okay, Parshas Kisisa. Parshas Kisisa starts with a great mitzvah, the mitzvah of Machzis HaShekel, where Moshe Rabbeinu is commanded to take from every Jew a half shekel and to use that for the contributions for the Mishkan or for the Karbanes, um, to use the Machzis HaShekel. And in fact, in a couple of weeks, we're going to read this again um, for Parshas Shkolem, right? The Parsha before Rosh Chodesh is probably in two weeks. We're going to read this Parsha again. So here we'll talk tonight about Machzis HaShekel, which will be good for that. Now will be good for then as well. Pasuk says, second Pasuk of the Parsha, let's read the Pasuk. Zayitnu, this is what they should give. Kol Avral Apikudim, all those who are going to be counted. Machatzis HaShekel, B'Shekel HaKodesh, a half shekel of the holy shekel. What's the amount? Esrim Geira HaShekel. A shekel is made up of 20 Geira. Geira is a type of a currency, type of a coin. A shekel is 20. Machatzis HaShekel, Truma LaHashem. And half of that shekel should be given as Truma as a donation for Hashem. That's the Pasuk. Now, it's very interesting. There's really two comments on this post. Firstly, what is the importance of a half shekel? We know in general, when it comes to the Beis HaMikdash and the Mishkan, everything had to be bishlemus. Everything had to be whole. Um, there's a special, we'll see, a number of halachis when it comes to the Beis HaMikdash and the Mishkan, the service in the Beis HaMikdash. There was a tremendous um, focus that everything should be bishlemus. Tamim. Let's read here. I have a couple of halachas from the Rambam, um, the next two lines. First of all, mitzvah saseli yos kolakarbanos tmimim umuvcharim shenemar tomim yihi yelirotzon zum mitzvah sasei. This is from the Rambam and Hilchas Yisurim Mizbeach, where he says that every carbon had to be fully complete. Even a tiny blemish on a carbon makes that carbon invalid. Right? The, the famous story that led to the destruction of the second base Mikdash with Kansa and Bar Kansa all had to do with a blemish. Right? They put a blemish onto the onto the. Uh, animal that the Roman emperor sent and that was the whole concept by concept story which I'm not going to repeat point though is Karbonos had to be complete another example also from Rambam in Fulia Mekdashin all the Kli Asharis all of the vessels that were used in the Mesa Mekdash could only be sanctified in the Mekdash they can only be sanctified um, on perp- using um, intent with your intention to do so, only from by using them in their proper way. The ein In order for a, a vessel to be mikdash to be koli for the usage of the beis or mishkan, it had to be dafka a complete vessel. So we see again the importance of completion. It has to be a complete carbon. It has to be a complete vessel. And finally, number three, what else has to be complete? The kohen. As the, as the next Rambam, Hilchas Bias Hamikdash, Kol Kohen Sheyesh Bo Mum, any Kohen that has a Mum, any type of a blemish, Mum Kavua, Mum Over, whether it's a permanent blemish or a temporary blemish, Lo Yikanis Lamikdash, not going to the Hamikdash, Menas Beach Lofnim, Shanamar, as the Pasik says, etc., etc. My point of quoting these three halachas is to show that the Torah has a specific requirement when it comes to the Beis HaMikdash, when it comes to the Mishkan, that everything should be Bashlemus, everything should be complete and should be whole. The animals for the Karbonis, the Kalim, the vessels used for the Karbonis, or for the Beis HaMikdash in general, and the Kayan for their Avoida. Yet, when it comes to the donation for the Beis HaMikdash, we find the Bedavka, it has to be a half shekel. Not a complete shekel, but a half shekel. What's the reason for that? That's Shiloh number one. Shiloh number two is that even in that half shekel, it's very, there's something very odd about this Pasuk. It says, bring a half shekel. And what's the amount? Well, a shekel is made up of 20 gera. Okay, so how many gera do you have to bring? Ten. Ten. Well, why doesn't it say so? This is a, such an interesting Pasuk. It says, bring a half shekel. And a shekel is made up of 20 gera. The Torah could have said, you got to bring 10 gera. 
Done. And then it didn't say anything about halves or holes, just say 10 gera. There's like this specific emphasis. You should know the whole deal is 20. I want 10, not 20. But I don't want to tell you 10. I'm just saying half of 20. There's something very vague and very mysterious about this mitzvah and the way it's being said. Dafka a half, uh, which is a half of 20. That's the way it is said. So basically, I did a little research in different places, and I came up with three approaches. Not, none of them are mine, all based on things that I saw, and I'll show you the sources. But three different approaches in explaining this significance of dafka the half shekel, and dafka is something that's made up of half of 20, which is obviously 10, but the point being half of the 20. How do we understand this? So we have olive, base, and gimel, and that's what we'll try to get through here together. But the gera was, was, was a Hebrew currency, though. Yeah. It wasn't a, another local or a foreign currency that used as a reference or... Now, to my knowledge, that was a currency that was used. I mean, I there's no real Hebrew currency at the time. We're talking about the Jewish people who just left Egypt. So this is just the currency that, that there was, that they were using, Hold on. to my knowledge. Yes? I thought, I wasn't going to bring it up, but since you brought up the currency, I thought the whole idea of currency was, was implied through the word, not implied, but implicit in the words, uh, shekel... Uh, Shekel okay. which what is talking about the currency that was used at the Danat, well, Gera too, but Shekel Akodesh, that was talking about how the, the, the currency used for purposes of the base of Mekhtar. Sure. Good, I'm not arguing. I don't believe Gera, so I, I don't believe that they had a special new currency that they had created within that uh, few months that they left Egypt. My point is that it has to be under the same system, otherwise it could be answered by a fluctuating exchange. Right, no, no, I believe it's the same system. Rashi talks about it, that a shekel is made up of X amount of gera. Rashi breaks it down for us. Right. Yeah, it is, it is part of the same Cents system of money. Yeah, I believe it's a quarters and dollars, whatever right. it is. Right. Right. right, right, right. Okay, I'm sorry, are you good, Avram? Yeah. Uh, well, you can keep going. I okay. okay, number one, based on a teaching of the Magid of Mezrich, who was the Magid of Mezrich, the primary disciple and successor to the Baal Shem Tov. Um, we talked about this, Baal Shem Tov is the founder of the Hasidic movement, his successor is the Magid, and it's from him that all the Hasidic different uh, dynasties sort of spread out, because he was the Rebbe of all the Rebbes. Magid of Mezrich, his name is Rodov Ber, and guess where he lived? Mezrich, that's why it's called the Magid of Mezrich. You know, sorry, I, I had to do that. So, the Magid of Mezrich reads, uh, says a beautiful pirush into a Pasuk. The Pasuk is in Parshas Bahaloscha. It says, Hashem tells Moshe, Make for you, for yourselves, two chatzotzros. A chatzotzros is usually a trumpet. a trumpet, translated as a trumpet. Make two trumpets of silver. The Magid took a close look at the word chatzotzros. And he touched that the word chatzotzros could also be read as chatzai suros. Two halves of one surah. A surah is a form, and chatzai surah is a half a form. And he says that Hashem and Klal Yisrael are two halves, halves of one form. Um, Hashem created us in a way that we're part of himself, and together we complete each other. We are the other half, so to speak, of Hashem. What does that mean? Of course, we're human beings and Hashem is the creator. But Hashem invested within each and every one of us a part of himself. And by investing part of himself within, our, with, within us, that means us and Hashem together comprise one unit, one unit. And that's how the Magid read the word chatzotzros kesef. The word kesef also is the word of longing and desire, like nixof nixafti we say. So he says there's two halves of kesef, and that's why there's the longing and desire of each half to connect to the other. 
Just like a, a, a male and female, a husband and wife team, which is really, as the Arizal tells us, is really one neshama that was divided in two and therefore has this longing to reconnect. So Hashem and Klal Yisrael is that shtei surah of kesef, of longing and desire, each one wanting to be connected with the other. And he bases that on a number of things, but one of them is another pasuk, which is a famous well, pasuk. We got these chatzoytres. Mm-hmm. They weren't made out of two half pieces. There was one piece of something. This is correct. This is correct. No, he's not. He's not reading it into the actual trumpets. He's learning from the words that those words have an additional meaning as well. Right? There's another pasuk, Parshas Hazinu, the song of Hazinu, where it says, "Ki Hashem Amo." Hashem is a chelik, is a part of his nation. Yaakov Hevel Nachalaso. Yaakov is like a string. In every Jew has is like a string connected to Hashem. And we're told, therefore, that let's say when a Yid does an Avera, he's pulling down so the divinity. Hashem himself is being pulled down. And the, the Zohar says Hashem is called Melech Oluv, the embarrassed king, because he's tied by those sins that we do because Hashem is connected himself to us. On the other hand, because Hashem always remains connected to us, therefore we feel tugs on our neshama. And sometimes a person who might be very sinful feels a desire to do tshuva because he got a tug, because of that string that constantly, that always remains connected. And it's all connected to that shtechat soyit surah, the two parts of one surah. Finally, one more pasuk, and this is from Shmuel Beis, where it says, v'chashav machashavos, that he, he thinks thoughts, levilte yidach mimenu nidach, that no one should be lost from him. And this is a very beautiful Pasuk in Shmuel. There, it has to do with the narrative over there in the Navi about, it's the story of Avshalom and Amnon, a lot of detail. They were, these are sons of David HaMelech. Um, Avshalom had Amnon killed because Amnon raped someone else. Again, it's a whole long Navi story. Point is, David HaMelech wouldn't talk to his son Avshalom anymore. And then we had this very wise woman who came before David, and she got him to pardon Avshalom, at least to, to talk to him again. And she used this, this pasuk. She used a number of uh, very beautiful poetry. One of the psukim is this. And the, the way that this pasuk is explicitly, especially explained in Kabbalah and Chassidus is that it's referring to Hashem and Klal Yisrael. That Hashem thinks all types of things and orchestrates all types of events to make sure that ultimately every neshama comes back. And it's brought down actually in Shulchan Aruch. So we believe that ultimately every Jew will do tshuva if not in this Gilgal, then in another Gilgal. If not in this carnation, in another carnation. In fact, it's interesting, it says in Shulchan Aruch, if a person is going to learn Shalolishma, totally Shalolishma, like for the sake of bad things, should he not learn or should he still learn? The learning is going to be very negative. It says he should still learn. Because ultimately he's going to do tshuva and then all the Torah he learned is going to be elevated with him. Based on this pasuk of Kilo Yidach Mimenu Nidach, that Hashem sees to it, that no part of himself is lost. But all this goes back to the idea of Shtei Chatzoyit Surah. Because we're part of Hashem, then we're, we're always going to be connected, so Hashem is going to see to it that every part of Himself is ultimately going to be returned yeah. to Hashem. But you so, changed that word, by the way. I'm sorry? You said, Kilo Yidach Mienu Nidach. It doesn't say Kilo, I mean, here it doesn't. Levilti, right, I'm sorry. sorry. So, wait one second. So, Levilti means it won't allow anybody to be. Correct. He won't allow, he thinks a lot of things, but one of the things he won't think about. No, 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 no. He has all types of machshavos yeah. to see to it that no one will be lost from him. So he orchestrates all types of events yeah. and plans in order to see to it that everyone will ultimately come back in one form or another in one incarnation. Well, I thought levilti means that accepting for. No, no, levilti means that it shouldn't happen. Levilti that it should not happen. 
the guilty in order that it shouldn't happen, the Yidech and Menonidech. Tanukhah is Pshat. So what's his explanation? Are you saying, how do we bring this back to Machzah Shekel? So right. That's where I'm going right now. I just, got, I just brought you a three different psukim that all bring out the point that a Yid and Hashem are two hel- halves of one whole. Now we'll bring that back to the Machzis HaShekel. Why do we give half Shekel? Because we're one half and Hashem is the other half. We're coming together when we're coming to the Mishka. And that's why there's this, uh, this significance of Dafke half a Shekel. And half was made up, we said, of 20, which is two tens. What are the two tens? In any Kabbalistic or Hasidic work, Hashem is made up of ten spheros, ten divine attributes. The soul that we have has ten kochos, the ten soul powers. So there's the ten kochos, eser kochos and nefesh, that connect with the ten spheros, the ten attributes of Hashem. They're brought together by us giving our half and connecting to Hashem's half. All of that is, is, part, is answer number one, or explanation number one. So the machzis ha-shekel represents the coming together of the two halves. Again, husband and wife come together, two halves of a neshama come together. Klal Yisrael and Hashem, which is compared to husband and wife, Shira Shirim, is also the coming together of those two halves. And as we come to the Mishkan and we bring our half, we have the Esrim Geira HaShekel, the beautiful holy Shekel, which is the Eser Sphiros and the Eser Kochos, the ten attributes of Hashem connecting with the ten soul powers of the person. And that is one explanation of the concept behind the Smithsoe Machzis HaShekel and why the Torah says it in this way. Good? You don't look convinced. Okay, that's number one. Let's move on to number two, just because I don't have, I don't, if I try to argue each one out, let's try to, I want to try to cover the three if we can. Number two is based on the teaching of the Arizal. And let me, let me just give you the, 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 the crux of number two is going to be why half? Because every yid is half of another yid. We, we can only, as a Klal Yisrael, we can never be connected to Hashem alone. It's, Klal Yisrael is one entity. And therefore, a yid must always remember and know that as complete as their avoda might be, a person might be a wonderful holy yid learning and davening, but ultimately, if he's not being misyachid, if he's not unifying with other yidin, his avoda is also very incomplete. And that's going to be the second message of Machasis HaShekel. But let's see how it plays out. And this is a quote from the Arizal, from the Sefer Taimei HaMitzvah Sloho Ari. Actually, all of the Arizal's teachings were not written by the Arizal. Rather, they were written by his, excuse me, his disciple, and that was Reb Chaim Vital. Reb Chaim Vital wrote many books. All the books of the Arizal, it's called Torah Sa'ari, but they were written um, by the Reb Chaim Vital, and the Arizal um, commissioned him to write his writing, and in fact, didn't allow anyone else to really be his, his scribe. So this is a quote from the books of the Arizal, again, written by Reb Chaim Vital, and he writes, Kichol Yisrael soid guf echod shel adam harisho. All the Jewish people, ultimately, are the, they're, 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 the secret of the Jewish people is that really they're one guf. They were all there within the Nisham of Adam Arishon. Why do they call it a secret? Because it's not something that we see in a revealed way. When you look around the room, it looks like people are very different. But when you th- think about the secret of it, that's what, we're le- that's what we get to. Kenoda Asleinu, as is known by us, in other words, as explained in other books of the Arizal, pr- primarily he brings here Sefer Gilgul in the book that deals with the reincarnation, Perikalaf, base. V'chol achid Yisrael, hu ever prati, Every person is like one limb of a body. So one person is the finger, one is the toe, one is the hand, one is the foot. Umizehu ha'arvus. That's why, as Jewish people, halachically, we are responsible for each other. 
We have a concept of an halacha of Kol Yisrael Arivim We carry real halachic responsibility with halachic implication to see to it that another person does a mitzvah as well. And not just that. Bishvil chaviro im If someone else sins, it is my business. And this is, you know, one of the things. You know, people say, let the other guy sin. What does that do with me? I'm sorry? I was just telling you we were learning tomorrow. I'll tell you later. Okay. Says the Arizal, this is the reason for Arvus. And then Rabchaim Vital adds a very interesting insight, which is an interesting question. He said, My Rebbe, the Arizal, was a perfect tzaddik. Yet he said, Tachnun. He said, Ashamnu, Bagadnu. He said, I sinned every day when he davened. He didn't sin. Why did he say Tachnun? Was he lying? Like, what, what, what's that all about? Says the Rabchaim, That's why. My teacher of blessed memory said all of the um, the confessions, ki kol Yisrael guf echad. Because when I'm saying, when one is saying the confessions, it doesn't necessarily mean that he did it. It could be someone else did it. But we're all one. If we're all one, then one could confess for another's sin as well. Most people don't have this problem. <laughs> they can figure out why to say it on their own right. Yeah. But when you talk about the Arizal, the reason why he says Viduyim is because he feels how he is one with the neshama of every other yid. That is a, an idea, and it, that's a, it's a, you know, an idea that's used a lot in Sfarim, but the Arizal is the one who wrote about it um, a great deal, talking about how all our neshamas are one, it's only our bodies that are separate. Um, in fact, on the next line, Kol Yisrael Arivim Zelozet. That's the halacha from the Gemara. We're all Oriv. The word ariv itself has three pirushim, three meanings. What does the word ariv mean? So in, in halachic context, ariv typically means a guarantor. We are guarantors to the other. Ariv also means to be mixed, to be mixed in together, right? Lis ariv, karuva, is to mix. So why are we guarantors for each other? Because we're all mixed in together. We're all like one big neshama. And finally, what's a, what's a third meaning for the word ariv in Hebrew? Sweet. It's sweetness. The, uh, Michael ariv, the sweetness, the beauty of the Jewish people is that we're not a, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, 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 independent. independent unity uh, units of a lot of people trying to serve Hashem and be wonderful people. The beauty of Klal Yisrael is the expression of the idea of really recognizing that we are wall one. Now, once we understand that, here comes a very beautiful idea. What about a person who separates himself from others? I say, you know what, I can't deal with everyone else. They're not, you know, from enough. They're not tzaddikim enough. I'm separating myself from another person. Says Kabbalah and Hasidus, when you separate yourself from others, what are you creating? That you are a very blemished person. Why are you a blemished person? It's like if my arm would separate from my leg, then my arm is very unhealthy. So, so, so when we want to be complete, the only way we can be complete is when we're ba'achim. And that's why he says, Hashem only rests in Klal Yisrael when they're ma'achid, when they come together. Hashem only rests in a person, when that person is ma'achid himself, unifies himself with others. Otherwise, we have the next quote from the Zohar, Kudsha brichu lo sharia ba'asar pagim. Hashem does not rest in blemished places. So we learned earlier, a Kohen has to be a Tamim, has to be complete. The animal of a carbon has to be complete. Why complete? Because Hashem is perfection. And if Hashem is perfection, to be a vessel for Hashem, there has to be a level of perfection. When we will try to separate ourselves from others, we become blemished, and then we're not a vessel for Hashem. What do we say in davening? Borcheinu avinu, bless us our Father. Why? 
Kulanu ke'echad, because we hold ourselves together. Holding ourselves together is the vessel of Hashem's bracha. So, putting all this together, what's the second reason why we bring dafka a machatzis hashekel? Because we recognize that our avodah can never be more than half. It's always, you know, when are we complete? When we feel ourselves as half. When, we, when, when we're ma'achid, when we, when we unify with others, that's when we're complete. So what are the two tens now? According to this interpretation, the two ten geiras, my ten kochos, together with another person's ten kochos. Right? Each person, it comes together with others, and that's when we have the shekel ha-kodesh, that perfect shekel. So in summary, according to the first explanation, what were the two tens? It was my ten kochos and Hashem's ten spheros. It was the coming together of a person and man and creator. According to the second pirush, it's coming together of man and man. The only way we do our avoda in a complete way is when we come together and recognize that we need each other to do our avoda properly. That is number two. Okay? We have a few minutes left. Let's do number three. Number three goes a totally different route. It's not us connecting to Hashem and it's not us connecting with others. It's, it's two other ten, two other big tens are connecting. What are the two biggest tens that we know about? We have the Aseres Hadibros, Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are really um, represent the entire Torah. I think it's Rabsad Yagon talks about the fact that the Aseres Hadibros has 620 letters in them, uh, 620 words. And each is the words or letters. I'm just kidding, I'm confusing, confusing myself. Um, 620 probably words. And each one, he says, connects to a different one of the mitzvahs. There's a 613 plus a 7 So be that as made, Aseris Hadibros represent the entire Torah. So that's one big 10. What's the other huge 10? The Asara Mamoros. The Mishnah tells us in Pirkeyavos, with 10 utterances, Hashem created the world. Asara Mamoros Nivra Ha'olam. They represent the world and everything in the world. So what do the two 10s really represent? If you think about it, godliness and creation. Right? The Asaras Adibros is Torah, is Hashem, is Hashem's wisdom, is godliness. The Asara Mamaros represents the world, the mundane, the world that we have. What's our job? Our big job in life, we're here for one reason, is to connect the two tens, to bring the two tens together. The holiness of the Asaras Adibros, the mitzvahs, the Torah, and the world bring them together, bring union, bring unity between those two tens. That's the Avoda of the Yid. Let's think about it. The machatzis hashekel, we're providing ten. Coming will come together with the other ten, and then you have the shekel hakodesh, esrim gera shekel. We're all twenty become holy together. But let's we're going to explain that a little bit better. First, let's look at a gemara. The gemara says masechet rosh hashanah daflam beizim adalef thirty two a. The gemara there talks about the fact that on rosh hashanah we say in the musaf. We say the Malchios, Zichronos, and Shofros, right? How many Psukim of Malchios do we say? Says the Mishnah, 10. Says the Gemara, why 10? Why 10? Why not 3? Why not 7? Why not 20? Right? Says the Gemara, Hani Asara Malchios Kenegin Me, the 10 Malchios that we say, what do they represent? Why 10? Amar Ablevi. Ablevi says, Kenegin Asara Hilulim Sha'amar David Besefer Tehillim. Because David said the word Halaluka. Ten times in Tehillim. So um, yeah, Avram was looking me a little... Right, thank you. So Avram says, that doesn't sound right. So the Gemara says, There's much more than that. The Gemara answers, There's all ten in the last chapter of Tehillim. There it says ten times Hallelujah. So that's what the Gemara says. That Reblevi oh. said, The ten Malchios Zerosh Hashanah is because of the ten times it says to praise Hashem. 
Good. Rav Yosef Amar, Keneged Aseres Hadibros Shenemar Lolo Moshe Besinai. That the ten Malchus of Rosh Hashanah correspond to the ten Dibros that Hashem told Moshe at Sinai. Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Keneged Aserem Amaros Shenivra HaOlam. That it corresponds to the ten utterances with which Hashem created the world. And then in small letters I have, the Gemara again challenges that. Is there really ten? It looks like there's only nine. And the Gemara says, no, Beratius is also counted and there's ten. So, we have three opinions in the Gemara. Why do we mention Hashem's kingdom ten times on Rosh Hashanah and that tefillah? Is it because of the ten praises of David HaMelech? Is it because of the ten commandments? Is it because of the ten utterances of creation? Says the Rebbe in a note that he once wrote on this Gemara, he says, it's not an argument. This is not a three-way argument. It's each one adding something. And they're really talking about our avodah. Our avodah is to bring together the two tens through praising Hashem. That's the praise of Hashem. So the ten praises of Hashem is when we bring together the ten dibros, the ten commandments with the ten mamaros, with the ten utterances, when we bring that union of, of godliness into this world. But let's tie it all together. And here I'll finish with a very beautiful idea, a very beautiful word. Okay, so how does this, this third pirush, how does, it, how does it play itself out? A yid, we have two parts of our day. We have the time of our day that we're involved in godliness. Like when is that? Gavin. Gavin. Torah. You come to Tuesday night cheer, right? There's the, holy, the holiest times of our day. This is not an advertisement or anything. So there's the time that we're specifically, we so to speak, give away to Hashem. So to speak. We, we say, Hashem, this one's for you. This is for you. I'm, I'm going to daven. I'm going to learn Torah. I'm going to do a mitzvah. This is for you. And then we have the time of the day that we, we don't give away. We're eating and we're sleeping and we're working and we're socializing. We're having a good time, right? That's sort of the other part of the day. Not everything we did was well. Some of us. I'm not, I'm not talking about you. Some of us, right? So, but, but, the, but ultimately, the goal is that through giving away X amount of time, I bring Kedusha into the whole time, Right? So half of the day, it's not, it's not half, but one part of the day, I'm doing things that are mundane. The other part, I do things that are mitzvahs. The idea, though, is that by, by giving part, the kedusha extends to everything. It's like when a person gives tzedakah, and I give 10% or 20%, I'm not just bringing kedusha to that 10%, I'm bringing kedusha to 100%. I give 10 and bring kedusha to 100 right? So I dive in and learn, and my eating and sleeping becomes holy as well. That's the story of Machsis HaShekel. Think about it. I give half and everything becomes holy. And that's what the Pasuk meant. It said, Machsis HaShekel, half you give. But then it's the Shekel HaKodesh. All 20 become the Shekel HaKodesh. Even the 10 that remains in your pocket. How's Follow that? It? How's that? Be because that's how Ravid is. We give a Chela Kitzedakah, everything becomes holy. We give part of our day to Kedusha and our Mamshech Kedusha to the rest of the day. So what did the Pasuk say? Machatzis HaShekel B'Shekel HaKodesh I'm giving half of an entire holy Shekel. Esrim Geira HaShekel The Shekel is made up of all 20. The 10 Dibros, the Ruchnius of my life and the 10 utterances, which is the Gashmi of my life. When I give half, the whole deal becomes holy. My whole day becomes holy. I only went to Shul and Daven for an hour or two, whatever it was, but that draw Kedusha into everything. And that's the message number three of Machafiz HaShekel. We give to Hashem, and through that we extend Kedusha into all parts of our life, both the holy parts and the mundane parts, the two tens, the Ten Commandments and the Ten Amaros, all become part of the Shekel HaKodesh, the Kedusha that we bring into our lives. 
And this therefore becomes the third pirush. So in, to summarize this in three sentences, the first pirush was, why is it a half shekel? Because we always recognize we're half, and Hashem is the other half. The second explanation is, why is it half? We're half, and another yid is the other half. And the third pirush is that our life is made up of two halves. The, the holy parts of our day and the mundane parts of our day, we give the holy part and extend Kedusha into all parts of our day together. And all this is the foundation of creating a Mishkan for Hashem in this world. That's pretty good.